Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we come to you asking that you allow your word to speak to us. To come and fill us so that we may hear your word boldly. And then go out and take what we have heard to go to go live it in the world around us. So, Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So, we are continuing uh, the series on called Reset. And uh, since, since we're, we're back full uh, in everything that we're doing in worship and in, in classes and meetings and all that stuff, we wanted to really just kind of think about what it means to, to reset our lives spiritually. How, how, how do we live out our, our lives in a way that, that makes the Word of God active and alive in each and every one of us? I recently saw a uh, book uh, written in 2020 that had uh, different authors uh, talking about the means of grace. And, and one of the authors named Nick Batzig, he, uh, he shared this comment. He said, a brief survey of the top 50 best-selling Christian books reveal what subjects are the greatest and least interest to the majority of professing Christians. The ones that are, are, are most uh, prevalent that, that, that Christians would buy are, are books on purpose, on finances, personality, self-esteem, love language, and relational boundaries. That, that those all dominate the list. But, but the books on the triune God, Christ, sin, the gospel, scripture, preaching, the sacraments, prayer, church discipline, and the local church are, are woefully wanting. He continued saying that since Jesus Christ and his saving works form the foundation of our faith, we should be more concerned about knowing how to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's easy that we take our faith and we make it into a how can, can I use faith to, to help me? How, how can I use it for, for my purposes and, and, and for, for my benefits? And, and that's not what our faith journey is about. Faith, our faith journey is all about knowing who Jesus is. Our, our, our faith journey is, is all about how can we know and, and become Christ-like in our lives. So that, so that when people see us and when people interact with us, they, they see Christ living in us. 
We've been looking at the mission and the vision of our church through, through the lens of the means of grace. So, so one more time, we're going we're to take a look at, at the mission and the vision, and I invite you to join with me as, as these come up on the screen. Now, the mission of our church is making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So that is what we are about we're, we're not about gathering. We're, we're not about making sure we have the right study available. We're, we're all about making disciples. Now, all of that stuff that I said is a part of that, and it's the necessary tools for that. But if we are not about making disciples, we are missing the point. And then as a church in 2017, we came up with the, the vision of how we do this. And, and our vision will be on the screen. Could you please join me? Be gods. You belong here. Worshiping together, serving with heart, and growing in faith. I tell you, being a follower of Jesus Christ is, is this, this paradox, if you will. It, it is the most easiest thing that you can do, but, but it is the most hardest thing that you could participate in. I love this quote from uh, C.S. Lewis whenever uh, somebody asked him why he became a Christian. And he, he responded this way, I didn't go to religion to make me happy, he says. I always know that a bottle of port would do that. Yes, yeah, yeah. If you want a religion to make you really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. C.S. Lewis, one of the greatest thinkers of our time, he knows that being a follower of Jesus Christ isn't the easiest thing to do. You know, there are other things that you can do to try to make yourself happy. But here's the thing. Those things that you try to do to make yourself happy, they're, they're, they're temporal. They're, they're fleeting. Because you, you do it once, and then you try to do it again, and then you try to find something else to make you happy, and you, it continues to build. And the only thing that can truly bring peace the only thing that could truly bring hope is a life with Jesus Christ, taking on that form in our lives so that we reflect his love and mercy and grace. So we've been talking about the means of grace. We, we've covered uh, Holy Communion. We've covered prayer. And today we're talking about searching scriptures. So the scripture for this morning is written in Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, verses 12 through 17. I invite you to look in your Bibles or we'll have the words up on the screen for you to follow. And Paul writes these words. Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you. So you must also forgive. Above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. 
Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Part of that deals with searching the scriptures. Now, when, I, when we talk about searching the scriptures, we're, we're, we're not talking about necessarily getting in and doing a, a deep uh, exegetical uh, dive into the scripture to to know exactly what every single Greek or Hebrew or Arabic word that we find written in scripture means. But it, it, it's taking time to allow scripture to, 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 to guide you and to lead you, to, to hear God speaking to us as we, we go to the word of God. For, for being, being a, a Methodist, Scripture is, is, is a primary thing. Being, being a, a Methodist, we know that, that Scripture is, is how we understand what it is that, that we do as, as people of faith. We, we, we don't take it and, and kind of make a, a, a glancing look at it to, to see, well, maybe we can make this fit over here and maybe we can fit over here. No, the entire book is there for us to grow in our faith. That, that's what John Wesley was all about. In his preface to the first volume of his sermons, he wrote this, I want to know one thing the way to heaven, how to land safe on that happy shore. God himself has condescended to teach me the way. For this very end, he came from heaven. He had written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book. And any price, give me the book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. And then probably one of the most famous quotes of John Wesley about Scripture, he says, let me be a man of one book. Everything else, you know, John Wesley was a, a, a big-time reader. He, he read a lot. But he knew that the words of Scripture were the words that give life. The, the, the words of Scripture were the words that, that he would live, so much that, that he was made fun of by the way that he would devour Scriptures. Well, one of the, the phrases that, that people would make fun of him, they would call him a Bible moth, saying that, that all he would do is just spend his time in the Bible. Now, we may not think that that is an insult, but, but back then at that time, that was a, a big slight to who John Wesley was, but, but he, he loved it. He, he lived in that. Scripture was the water that John Wesley swam in, and it, it permeated his thoughts, his words, and his actions. I, I, I pray that 
I will allow Scripture to be the water in which I swim, to allow God's Word to be how I guide my life. All my thoughts, all my words, all my, my actions are, are, are in what we have written here. Paul says in his Scripture for the day, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. We have to remember that Scripture is not a book that we get to pick and choose from, but we take the entirety of Scripture and, and have that be our, our life and our guide, which is kind of funny me saying that as the, the guy who's up here giving a sermon, and I say our Scripture for today is Colossians 3, verses 12 through 17. It's not that that single passage is what we, we focus our full life on, but, but we take that little singular passage and, and we, we dive into it to see how it can continue to guide and, and lead us. Because Scripture, first and foremost, what it does, it reveals Jesus Christ to us. From, from Genesis 1 all the way to, to Revelation it, it gives us who Jesus Christ is. And you don't need me to say it. Jesus says that himself. When Jesus is walking with a couple of disciples who, who are leaving Jerusalem at the end of the Gospel of Luke, in Luke 24, they're, they're distraught because they just saw Christ crucified on a cross and laid inside a tomb. And they're, they're walking back to, to Emmaus, and Jesus joins them. And while Jesus is joining them, they're talking about, oh, man, you, you won't believe what happened. I mean, the, the guy that we've been following, he, he was arrested, he was beaten, he was hung on a cross, and, and then he died. And Jesus, Jesus looks at him and says, well, do you think that's the end of the story? It's not. And in verse 27, he says, uh, the this, this scripture says, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. So Jesus knew that the disciples at that time, they needed to know that, that all of this was pointing back to the word of God. Not, not, not this word, but, but the word of God. And he wanted to make sure they knew that all of scriptures continues to tell us, to guide us, to lead us, to know Christ and how we live our lives as his disciples. Scripture helps us to see how we are to serve. It, it gives us opportunities to look at how we interact with one another. And I don't know of another time in the history of our world that we need help in figuring out how we are to interact with one another. Jesus in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he says, For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone, and to give his life as the ransom price in exchange 
for the salvation of many. See, sometimes we, we, we like to grab the Scriptures and, and go through and say, well, this is how it's going to be because it says it right here. And we pick and choose different passages or, or we ignore certain passages because it just doesn't fit into our particular narrative. But what we are missing out on is that the Scriptures are not written so we can say, do this and do that for a better life. But the scriptures are there to remind us that, that we are called to serve one another. Just as Christ came to serve, we as his followers are to serve as well. And again, it brings us back to making disciples and using our service to allow people to know and meet and understand and grow in relationship with the God who loves and cares for them. Finally, Scripture is something that we use to help grow in our faith. Well, well duh. I mean, we know we use Scripture to help us grow in our faith. It's all about the term Christ-likeness. Romans 15, 13 says it this way, May the God of hope fill you with all the joy and peace in believing so by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Taking the scriptures and just flipping it open and reading it, which you know, I've done on occasion, has been helpful. But if we don't allow the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to, to understand and hear and see what it is that God is calling to do, us to do, we are going to miss the mark every time. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that, that, that grows inside of us that allows us to see the words written here in this book to allow us to have life and to have life abundantly. So I, we, we, we talked about how we, we use the Lord's uh, table to help us grow in our means of grace, and I gave you a, a sheet last week about uh, prayer, and hopefully you were able to, uh, to practice that a little bit. How can we allow God's word to continue to help us to grow in our faith? Well, the simple answer is just read it. Open it up. Instead of going to your phone and scrolling to a game that you like to play or scrolling Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever, open up a Bible app and just read it. John Wesley's advice for, for the people that are called Methodists was to take the opportunity to read a chapter from the Old and New Testament in the morning and evening. That's it. Just open up your Bible in the morning, read a, a, a chapter from the Old Testament, and read a chapter from the New Testament. Now, sometimes that's going to be challenging because there's going to be things that you read in Scripture that's going to go... Wow, I can't believe that's really in there. But you can't get lost in that moment that that scripture is there. You have to look at the whole picture of God's redeeming work that he has laid in all of our lives.
one of the best apps out there is, is the Bible app. You know, if you just go to your Android store or the Apple store and you click on Bible and the Bible app is there and it gives you uh, any type, pretty much any type of translation that you want to read. And then there are so many different Bible plans for you to, to understand or, or you to, to take and, and have that be a part of your life. And, and it's not about information. Searching the scriptures isn't to try to get the right answers. It's about transformation. How can I allow the word of God to dwell deeply in me so that we may, like Wesley, swim in the waters of scripture and have it permeate every part of our lives? About uh, the beginning of the year, I started a uh, project with uh, several people in our church called Dwelling with Scripture. A theologian by the name of Dallas Willard wrote in, in one of his books, it is better to dwell on 10 separate passages of Scripture than try to read through the entire Bible in a year. And, and we just finished up doing a, a church-wide, if you wanted to be a part of reading a, uh, the Bible in a year. And, and, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed some of the conversations we had with that. But, you know, I realized that there were some days where my thumb got a little bit faster and I would just like quickly scroll through the, the passage and really wouldn't get what was being said there. So I wanted to really try out what it, what it would it look like to, to actually dwell and stop and read and, and dive into certain passages. So we, we started this, and, and we're, we're, getting, we're finishing up our sixth passage of this month that we're going to take July off and hop in for August, uh, September, October, and November to, to finish up. And, and I'll make sure you all know when we get started back up in August if you would like to join us. But, but some of the discussions that we have had when we've done this is just like, wow, there are so many times that we just blow past God's word just to say that we've done it. And we don't understand. Now, we're not, we're not doing the deep dive into the Greek or to the Hebrew or, or whatever. But it's just allowing that scripture every morning, every evening to, to, to fill us, to allow it to change us, to allow us to experience God's word and, and really internalize it in our lives so it becomes who we are. My hope and prayer as your pastor is that you continue to, to pick up the scripture even when you don't understand it. But know that it is there specifically for you to allow the Christ-likeness of scripture to dwell in our hearts so that we may share Christ's love with our neighbors. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for the means of grace. And we thank you for the grace of Scripture. Something that I admit that we have misused in our lives. 
something that I admit that we've ignored in our lives. Send your Holy Spirit to be with us as we maybe for the first time decide to open up your word and explore what you have for us. I pray that, that wherever we are in our experience with Scripture, that, that from now on, any time we open up your word, we see the words of life that you give us. And help us to proclaim just as John Wesley proclaimed, that we want to be a person of one book to allow your scripture to guide us, to lead us, to comfort us, to strengthen us so that we may share your love with others. So Lord, we pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.